Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are giving you two top 150 big boards for the 2023 NFL Draft. Connor and I are giving you both our final big boards, final rankings after watching so much tape, so many of these players over the last couple of months. It feels great to finally be done, but it feels even better to get to talk about it with each other. It is going to be a lot of fun. We go back and forth. We look at each other's big boards for the first time. And we got a lot of questions. How did you end up with this player here? How did you end up with this player here? All different sorts of stuff. And we know that you guys are going to have takes on it too. So it's a great episode. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. opening bell of the nfl stock exchange podcast i'm trevor sikama that is connor rogers Ooh, an exciting day connor this is the reveal of both of our top 150 big boards the final edition now that we are here in draft week just a couple of days until the 2023 nfl draft and with that we figured that we give you guys our final big board ranking so buddy this has been a year over a year yeah. coming to finally rank these players in vertical format. Can't wait for everybody to nitpick one guy barely being ahead of another. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this one because like we've said, we've really been with this class for almost a full year. We obviously start this process pretty significantly sometime in May and it, building the board is just a totally different process. Like no matter how much many players you've watched, how many shows you and I have done, on this class for like we said almost a year mm -hmm. it just looks and feels so different when you actually stack it uh especially when you get outside the top 100 as well because it, you come to the reality that sure there will be guys that are outliers that make it as high-end players but you're looking at you know you start to evaluate some guys might have a really high special teams floor and you might like that better somewhere than a guy that could be in the out of the league in two years, but has more upside. So building a board is a, a truly fascinating process that when you go beyond the top 50, it becomes a totally different beast. And, and you know, obviously you and I love it, uh, but it can be a little bit stressful as well. So it's oh. kind of nice that we've made it to this point. Yeah, it's a hundred percent stressful because you're sitting here and you're like, if I have a guy ranked 38 versus 52 in yeah. reality the talent level probably isn't that much different but people are going to be like whoa outside of the top 50 or within the top 40 100 vertical big boards are always just i don't know they they breed very interesting conversations and we know that you guys are going to have takes on our uh rankings of these players and we would love to hear them over in the youtube comments if you guys are watching this on youtube you can do it there if you're listening on audio uh create a youtube account if you don't have one follow the channel what are you doing all the cool yeah, we have fun so I figured the best way to do this is let's go top 10. We'll name everybody that we have in our top 10. And then we'll go 11 to 25, name everybody that we have in our uh, 11 to 25 range. 26 to 50, we'll do the same thing. And then from 50 to 100, we'll just highlight a handful of players yeah. that we have throughout that group. And then the same thing, 101 to 150, we'll probably highlight some guys that we like within that range as well. Um just for just so you guys know, my rankings are published on pff.com if you want to go check them out there. Connor's is going to be on NBC, but you're pushing it to Wednesday and you're doing 300, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you're an I, animal. I, I know. It's also, I'll be honest with you, I did 315 last year and I'm like, man, now I'm here. 
Like it's going to be 300. This is just kind of what I do. Um, do you I watched say, the movie 300 to get ready. I, I should, I should at least watch the trailer. One of the greatest trailers of all time. <laughs> Seriously. That's somebody, like, somebody, somebody needs to splice up like when, uh, Oh, what's his name? The guy at Leonidas? the very end. No, 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 no. The guy at Xer- the very end. Xerxes? No, the guy who's like narrating and telling the story. Oh, with the, he's like with the eye bandana. Yeah, he's like the brave three hundred. But they're talking about your big board. It's just like the three hundred guys that made it. I'll tell you what, though. You know, when you do one, the one fifty is significantly harder than the back one fifty. Like when I get to two hundred, you start. This is how teams do it too. You really start filtering through. Like you've seen these guys play, mm-hmm. but you start prioritizing. You start filtering out certain athletic profiles or size profiles, or Mm -hmm. it's just because the percentage of guys that are going to make it outside of that is so small that you become more fixated on thresholds as well. It's not as film based. The film matters, but it's not as film based as the top 150 um, because they're back on that slot for a reason from a film perspective. So, I mean, it's, it's not as impressive as it sounds. No, in honesty, in all honesty, that's a, a really good point that you made. That when it comes to guys who are lower on the big board, you may be watching their film at say like edge rusher or tight end, and you may be evaluating like how they are as an edge rusher as a tight end, which obviously matters. But in all honesty, if these guys are going fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted free agent range, they're going to make their mark on specialty. Hundred like, percent. Like you almost have to evaluate: just is this player a just solid good football player? Because yeah. if they're not, even if they might have a little bit of a higher upside than a guy that you might be weighing them against, they're probably not even going to get to show it because they're not going to make a team because you have to keep guys on the team who are going to be able to play special teams for you. And I think that that goes into practice squad roles as well, although you could stash some more high-end athletes there, guys who are really starting to figure it out. But I think that that definitely goes into that part of the conversation much lower on the big board of how you rank these guys, almost as if like this guy – might not be as good at his position as another player, but I think he's going to be a better special teamer, and that might bump him up the board. Totally. So, and then, like, you run into thresholds, right, Trevor? Like, corners that run, like, a 4-6-2 or worse, you could count them on, like, your hands, how many make it. You know what I mean? It's And, I, I this, you know, maybe that is a little harsh, but there's just thresholds you find where you're like, the reality of this guy making it is a really, really big uphill battle, so I don't feel... Uh, as stressed about not having him in the top 150 to 200. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of different ways you go through that process, but it's uh it's much smoother on the back end than it is on the guys. We'll talk about today, the front end, this is the stressful part. All right. So uh, let's get to it, man. Uh, give me your one through 10, your top 10 players on your 2023 NFL draft big board. Number one's Will Anderson uh, from Alabama. Number Shocked. two. Yeah. Right. Shocking. Number two is Bryce Young. The quarterback from Alabama, of course. Number three, I do think is the most talented player in the draft in Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. There are just so many variables with Jalen Carter. And I do agree with the people that think it's not even just away from the field. I would like to see him play 120% on the field because when he is going full throttle, he's the most talented player in the draft. So him ending up at three with all of that stuff just goes to show you how good he is. Four is B. John Robinson. Five is Peter Skaronsky. Six is Devin Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Seven is Christian Gonzalez. Eight okay. is C.J. Stroud. Nine is Michael Mayer. Oh. And 10 is Tyree Wilson. Michael Mayer, Tyree Wilson. <laughs> All right, so you got Mayer at nine. 
Yep. I'd love I'd love to hear this conversation because a, a lot of the top, basically the top eight, very similar to me, a little bit of a different order with those guys. But you've got Mayor at nine. I have Mayor at twenty four. Okay. So you've you got him. Clearly, we both think that he's a good football player, but you've got him in the top 10 of this class. Why do you have him in the top 10 of this class? I just look at him and think he has all the ingredients to being a top five tight end in the NFL. And it's a very similar evaluation process I went through with Tyler Linderbaum last year, where I know people just won't have him in the top 10 because he's a center and they just Mm -hmm. don't care. And there's a couple different ways to evaluate it. Like my big board is not necessarily the order of how I'm drafting guys from a roster construction period. Like you can argue that Bijan Robinson is a top five player, but that doesn't mean he's a top five pick. You can argue Michael Mayer is a top 10 player, but it doesn't mean he's a top 10 pick, but positional value. Does it factor into a big board? Yes. Is it the end all be all in the actual draft process or, or the draft ranking process? Like, no, like Skaronsky probably an interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't think he's going to be the first offensive lineman taken in the draft but I confidently think he's the best offensive lineman in the draft by a pretty good margin. And that all comes back to Michael Mayer where he's Jack of all trades, but I do think he has a calling card and that's his possession ability to move the chains or in the red zone is different than a lot of these other guys. He's physical. He understands uh, how to work in difficult areas of the football field. He understands how to maximize his frame and catch radius to win the football I think his effort uh, in blocking is even better than his technique. So I actually expect with coaching him to become a much better blocker, even though he's already a pretty solid one. So I really liked him. I think that I just look at the the profile and think, man, that's a guy that'll help you win football games in a variety of ways. Has the ability to play on the line of scrimmage, which I don't think that's the case for plenty of guys in this draft. Mm-hmm. Has the ability to flex off the line of scrimmage as well and not really give up a lot of ground in that. So and also part of it comes to this draft class where I was just about to ask that dude, if, that, if that goes into it, n- not yes, I, absolutely. I mean, I look at, I'll just pull up my grid from last year right now. I like last year. Where does Michael Mayer rank in the entire draft class? I have the board open right now. Oh, that's a good question. I think I got to find my board. Hold on. I would say I'd have him 21st in last year's draft class, right behind Trayvon Walker. That's a big difference. Nine and 21. Right, right. right. So there's no denying it. The talent at the top of this draft class is not very special. Dude, I had his, I had his teammate, Isaiah Foskey at 10 when we did summer scouting big board, when we did our like top 50 going into the season, I had him at 10 and you were like 10. And I was just like, it's kind of the, it's, yeah. it's the draft And you were class. like, you don't have him in the top 50. Right. <laughs> that was pretty legendary. Funny. Yeah. Was I had him at 10. Funny. You didn't even have him in the top 50, but um, I'm interested to say, okay, wait, hold on. Where's Foskey for you now? It'd be hilarious. Foskey higher. Foskey is 82. Okay. He's 71 for me. All right. Wow, we ended up almost same spot on him <laughs> after pretty, all of that. Pretty close. Oh, man. oh, what a beautiful journey it is. Okay, so uh, Michael Mayer sitting there at nine. I'll just have the Michael Mayer conversation. I think he's going to be a good tight end. Like, certainly yeah. top 10 tight end in the NFL could definitely see that, him being a top 10 tight end for a long time. And again, against this class, I could totally see that having a ton of value. Like, if, if you are going for more of high floor football players, guys who you just know are going to be able to make it in the league, aren't going to get overwhelmed. 
he's somebody who's got to be pretty high on your list. So I know some people are going to be a little bit higher on him. I've got him in the mid twenties just because the athleticism stuff, right? I mean, he's just not the best athlete in the world, whether it comes to yards after the catch stuff or being able to break on routes or even holding up against blocks. I think he's fine against blocks, but again, I I just don't think that he's this crazy athlete. So um, I think they're going to be higher ceiling tight ends that are always going to occupy that top five whereas he might get close to that but i I just personally don't think he'll sneak into that range that's why he's a little bit lower for me um then at 10 you so you ended up with tyler tyree wilson at 10 as edge two in this class now we get to a lot of other edge rushers that you'll have 11 through 25 i can already see that but wilson are you worried about him in the NFL? Is this like a high ceiling, low floor kind of a player? Or do you think the floor is pretty decently high here with Wilson? I actually came around on his floor when for, I know okay. I said on a podcast at one point, like he might be the biggest boomer bus prospect in this draft. And mm-hmm. then when I really started watching him, I'm like, he's so long and strong that he's going to stumble into production mm-hmm. because he it's just very gifted. Now, He's going to go in the top eight of this draft. He could be the picket too. And I actually am leaning that he is the picket too. Um, and that that's where like there's bus potential because those expectations are entirely different from being a fringe top 10 pick in the draft. And like mm-hmm. you're expected to be an impact pass rusher when you're taken in that spot. Oh, 100%. And yeah. He just wins with power and length right now. He has no pass rush plan at all. Now, at two, you go to D'Amico Ryans. I actually think it would be an incredible spot for him to develop. So with Tyree, yeah, at 10 for me, there was definitely a fine balance of, like, there is risk here. There is great reward. But I am so much more comfortable with those nine players in front of him that I I couldn't project him the way some others are, basically. Mm -hmm. But I also under... It was, I really came to the middle here. I feel like this is one of my biggest like fence sitting rankings where I'm looking at it and going, I totally understand the talent, especially in this draft. I like the talent a lot, but there are a lot of other guys that they have significantly better floors that should be drafted ahead of him, despite the fact that they won't be. I'll get to Wilson in a little bit because I kind of package him with another player that I have further down on my list. So I'll just read off my top 10 at number one. I have Bryce Young. I have Bryce Young as my number one overall player in this class. It was close for me, man. Really close. I I understand. It's the size. He's such an outlier for it. We can't sit here and say that the biggest factor for who makes it at the complex quarterback position and who doesn't. We can't say that the biggest factor is between the ears. And then I have somebody else ahead of ahead yeah. of Bryce. He he just he plays the the position unbelievably well. So so much incredible poise. We likened him to Joe Burrow. And certainly I likened him to Joe Burrow when we were going through our final quarterback rankings. That's how I view this kind of a prospect. And so I think Bryce is the number one overall player in this class. I think I have, I think I have positional importance weighted a little bit heavier than you do on your rankings, just from looking at yours and looking at mine. So I yep. think that. People got to remember, like, that goes into it. But funny enough, I say all that, and I got B. John Robinson at two. It's just so hard for me to find a flaw in this guy's game. I mean, to me, he's, like, damn near the perfect running back. Okay, sure, he's not running a 4-3 flat. But, like, we have talked about so many times before on this podcast. 
how many opportunities do you get to even show off 4-3 speed as a back? Instead, you get numerous more opportunities to show the skill sets that he has between the tackles, whether it's vision or the footwork or the contact balance or even the soft hands out of the backfield, him playing from the slot, him playing to the outside. I like all of this stuff, man. He's just phenomenal at it. So to me, running back, yes, a little bit lower positional value than other positions, but when you are as well-rounded as this guy is, I had to have him at number two behind Bryce. So I got Bijan at number two. I got Will Anderson at three. I got Jalen Carter at four. I believe I'm I'm pretty step to step with you for a lot of the Jalen Carter stuff. Player alone on the field and number one overall, dude. Like it could have been the number one player on our big board. I think he was when the season ended for both of us when we were talking about him as a potential choice for the Chicago Bears at number one. But got Carter at four, Witherspoon five, Skaronsky six. Gonzalez, seven, CJ Stroud, eight, Paris Johnson, Jr. at nine. And then I got Anthony Richardson at 10. So we, we see this class at the top insanely close, very closely. Yeah. I top mean, eight, oh, top eight's almost exactly the same. It's almost the same. We like the top two corners. We obviously are high on Stroud. You have Paris at nine, and I know I didn't mention him. Because I have Paris at eleven. Okay. So, <laughs> All right. That's a good segue. You can go. You can go eleven to twenty-five. Okay. I, if you wanted to break down a little bit more on your guys, I absolutely. Well, I'll revisit yours in a second okay. after I go eleven to twenty-five. I'll swing okay. back to you. Eleven was Paris Johnson Jr. Twelve was Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm. who might be my favorite player in this draft. Honestly, when all is said and done, that doesn't mean he's the best player, but I just look at everything he does. And how much discourse has been around his process. I mean, you and I watched him last summer and loved him. And he didn't really get to play a lot this year. And then it was like he was thrown off the plank. And then it was, it was he can't run, he's slow. He can only play in the slot, he could do this. Then he has 98th percentile agilities. He's a great process. He runs fine. And now he's the runaway favorite to be the number one wide receiver. I, I it's just like a full circle guy in this draft. So truly, truly I, I'm rooting for him um, more than most players in this draft. 13, Anthony Richardson, who is why I want to swing back to you after mm-hmm. I read these. Cause you have him 10th. We'll have the Richardson combo 14. Kalaja Kansi. I would Ooh, imagine yeah, okay. that's Top pretty 15. high for Kansi. Yeah. 15, I'm not too, I'm not too far behind, but yeah, okay. that's, that's pretty high. 15 Broderick Jones tackle from georgia i'll try Mm. to read these like some people listening to these aren't uh as in on the draft as the sex addicts i do (laughs) make that mistake very often that there are people listening that this is their first draft content of the year and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that yeah 16 joey porter jr the corner from penn state 17 darnell washington the tight end from georgia 18 jordan addison the wide receiver from usc 19 bj ojalari the edge from lsu 20, Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama. 21, I have a little edge run here. Mm-hmm. Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Miles Murphy from Clemson. Nolan Smith from Georgia. 24, Brian Branch, the safety nickel from Alabama. And 25, Jack Campbell, the mm-hmm. linebacker from Iowa. You got a, you got a lot of, and that um, it's not to say that these guys have low ceilings, but if you, it, you got a lot of high floor players very up floor, in your top 20 flat, to, to, top very 25. Very floor related. But, yes. Which I think 
goes into the conversation that we were having a couple minutes ago with this class. It's not the most star-studded class at the top. So no. especially getting outside of the top 10, the point of the NFL draft is to simply make your team better with NFL players. The guys that you are probably for sure are going to be NFL players seem to be pretty high on your list, which which makes which does make sense given the class that we're talking about here. So we have Richardson pretty close. You have him 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him 13th. 13th. I've, I really like Anthony Richardson. I, like, I just want to say, I'm starting to lean even more. I'd be really surprised if he's a guy that just doesn't figure it out at the next level. And I don't know if that means he'll be the star that people think he can be, but the rushing floor and deep throwing floor can make him that explosive, like how Cam Newton was sometimes, not MVP Cam, but how Cam Newton was plenty of times where he's not going to complete 65% of his passes, but the explosive plays are, you can live and die with them. And that's what I like about Richardson so much and how I landed on him being a top 15 player in this class. And I know for you, a top 10 player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's supremely talented i certainly he has a ways to go but like we talked about on the quarterback episode if you look at the context of him being a first year starter him learning stuff along the way him seeming to really improve his pocket presence as the year went on you get him in an nfl coaching staff you don't want to throw him out there before he's too early and just absolutely destroy the confidence from him i mean that's 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 we don't want now. I'm not saying that he can't start right away, but if he does, you've got to have him in a great environment to where, similarly to how Josh Allen went about it when he failed, it was like, all right, Josh, you failed here. This is how we get better. Like this is how we improve here. Not ah, you failed, Josh. Mm, strike one, my friend. You know, and sometimes it's that way. And sometimes for coaches and GMs, like the clock's ticket you know sometimes it's almost just like naturally they can't do anything else with it but i think if richardson goes to the right situation man immensely talented player he certainly has the physical profile to be an nfl ball player consistency that will to be determined but again with positional value going into my big board that's why i ended up having him um at number 10 i'll read off my 11 to 25 and then i think we could probably talk about some players that we have a little bit differently yes. higher and lower oh yeah and then i'm excited good, for this that's a good way we'll have the conversation 11 i have darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from tennessee love darnell Wright, man I, I just think he's one of the most talented offensive tackles in the class certain inconsistencies to his game especially in the run game wish he would be a little bit more reliable in the run game sometimes he puts what seems he puts that mean streak in pass protection more than he does in run blocking which if you get that in both areas, I think you're talking about a damn good offensive lineman. I have Will Levis at 12, and I realize that you have not said Will Levis's name yet. Yes. Once again, once again, very position- astute observation. Once again, positional value goes heavily into mine, and I like Levis. I, I I think he's a good NFL player in the future. I got Nolan Smith at number 13, the edge rusher from Georgia. Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland at 14. Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia at 15. Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, as my tight end one at 16 overall. I got Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State at 17. Brian Branch, the safety from Bam at 18. Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma at 19. Jameer Gibbs at 20. We have him in the same spot. Jameer Hell Gibbs, yeah. the running back so at good. Alabama. Dude, he's such a great playmaker. Dalton Kincaid, not far behind the tight end. One title at 21. 
a tight end from Utah. Jackson in the Jigba, I have him at 22. Kalijah Jacansi, I got him at 23. Michael Mayer at 24. And then I have Miles Murphy at 25. Okay. So I think we need to have the Darnell Wright conversation first. Okay. Do you have Wright on your top 25? No. Oh, he's okay. All right. And I listen, this, so Darnell Wright to me, and to mm-hmm. be fair, I have him 28. So it's not like he's thrown off a cliff here. Mm hmm. Darnell Wright to me in this class is what is the offensive version of what everybody thinks Tyree Wilson is like. This is the guy to me that could be a top five tackle in football in three years. He could be a gigantic disaster. Um, And I know that's not very common. I do worry about the weight at the next level. And I don't know if I have some uh bias of this because i very closely saw it be a problem with makai becton who i it felt like he was always playing heavy and and got hurt i don't know if both were tied together but it, it doesn't help and i just think with Wright, when the more and more i watched of him he's so talented and he's so strong and he really took it to will anderson and brian brzee he really yeah, he did. did there's no denying it and i liked a lot of what I saw from him at the senior bowl, I think Will McDonald's speed challenged him. Mm-hmm. But I thought Wright was good in Mobile. He just, the conditioning to me shows up on the tape at times too, where I'm like, he's not not dominating out there in the third and fourth quarter because he can't. He's a little tired and playing a little heavy. And it gets so hard in the NFL level. So hard. If he's all in, like dialed in, and he plays at 3.30 for his NFL career, he's going to be fine. But I can't confidently say that I know that's going to be the case. So it's it's a sw- he's a swing. Sure. I think he's a swing. And I get why a team will take that risk because he plays a premium position. Yep. He, he's a really good football player. Uh, but I do think there is some risk there personally for me. He's such a great pass protector, I think, already. just uh, the, the way that he is able to be consistent as a pass protector, yet also be as aggressive as he is, I think he's really, really impressive. Former five-star offensive tackle. Uh, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Um, yep. I'm, I'm all in on it. He's he's 11th overall for me for a reason. So I got Nolan Smith as edge two in this class at 13. And you had him 23 overall as edge four or five? I think he's just five. deeper. Yeah, you got five edge rushers. One, two, three, four, rankings. five, six. He is edge six for me. Edge, you got six edge rushers in the top 23. Yeah, this, right, this so is he, what this class is built on. If Jared Verse, Jared Verse would have been edge two for me. And he went back to school. Dude, I already I, did that eval. I was watching, God, who was I watching? I think I was watching Jamie Robinson, their safety. And the whole time I'm just watching FSU tape and I'm like, why isn't Jared Verse in this class? Yeah, Jared, Verse, Jared Verse would be Jared Verse would be going number eight overall in the Falcons. In this I don't even think he'd get there. Honestly. Did, didn't, like even, how, didn't even think he would get there. All right. That, and you're right. The Falcons would have been the perfect home for him. I actually am like 99% sure they would have taken him. Uh, but like you like we said, we don't know if he would have been there. So Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. good player, small, um, got hurt this year. So I, I really love his ability off the ball. I think as much as the pass rushing ability, I called him a, a middleweight fighter in a heavyweight arena. And okay. it's not even disrespect. Like he, 
he survives. Like it's impressive. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, you you're constantly fighting bigger weight classes and you're holding your own. And that's impressive. I think what's funny with Nolan Smith is the things he should not be able to do, like setting a hard edge, making plays against the run, dirty work stuff. He's really good at right. The things that I thought he'd be amazing at rushing the passer on an Island. He's not consistent at all. He can't generate any speed to power. He doesn't really possess a lot of pass rush moves. I thought, but he's so damn explosive. Yep. It doesn't always matter, which is fascinating to me. I want to pull up his uh, profile I wrote because I I wanted to say the things he was. I did compare him to Hassan Reddick, so I just think he's a good player. This is how he wins. He has a quick first step, uh, rushes off and hit a stalemate with lack of lower drive power. Successful move is that Euro step and he chops down offensive tackles arms and creates angles because he's mm-hmm. he's like kind of, you know, twist his body and play skinny. So I like Nolan Smith, but I, I do think in that NFL front seven arena, it, it might take a little time. Honestly, I agree with you completely on him. There were just maybe I don't know, five, six, seven reps that I watched where I went. Yep. Just yeah. give him, just give him to me. I, that's, I, I will, we'll figure it out. Like I get, get him with a pass rush specialist and we're going to figure it out where he was attacking the outside shoulder with his ears pinned back. Didn't have to worry about what was going on behind him. And he's just smoking offensive tackles. There were, yeah, like, like I said, six, seven, eight plays that I watched through three or four games of his when, and I know people are going to say like, Oh, it's not very many plays. Like how are you waiting in that heavily? Well, you have to understand where he is and, you're not going to see that consistently. You can't write in a scouting report. Oh, we're not going to see it consistently. And then like ding him twice when you don't see it consistently, you got to look for the flashes If the flashes are there. Maybe those can be the consistent plays. And so I was all in on him there. I, he just, he's, uh, he's very talented. He's somebody that I think you take high and that you, uh, that you develop. So I got Levis at 12. Yeah. I was Where do you have Levis? Levis? Where do you have Levis? Levis I have in the thirties. Let me find it. Heathen. I have him 30, 38th. Heathen. Yeah, pretty diabolical, I will admit. I, dude, I think Levis is starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't, is he going to be a pro bowler? I don't know. But I think, right. I think Will Levis is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for a while. I do. I, I, I think that if you put him, now hopefully, I would love for him to go to a good spot. If he goes to Houston, obviously, okay, we, we got some work to do there. You know, if he goes to the Colts, I think we could be cooking with oil pretty quickly. Depends on the spot for how early we might see returns on Will Levis, because he certainly has consistency issues and things with pocket management, how he's reading the field, just split decision making stuff, how he's reading the defense and the pre and the post snap, like all of those things. I know he just said a bunch of buzzwords there, but overall, he's just very green for the position. Last year in 2021 was the only year that he really had anything around him. He had a good offensive line. He had some good running backs. He had some good pass catchers to throw to. And what you saw was a really good product from the first year starting quarterback. This past year, horrific start supporting cast, terrible offensive line, bad wide receivers, bad play call. Like it was all bad for him. It was never going to really look good. So he didn't even progress the way that you would want him to. I ultimately believe in a lot of the tools that I saw from him. Maybe I'll get burned from it, but I do, I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if I think that that's the case between the ears, then 
he's certainly got the arm to stick around for a long time. And that's why it's like, again, positional importance. If you nail it on quarterback, you you, you just take a jump up as a team. And so that's why I had him at number 12. He reminded me a little bit of Jordan Love coming out where the deficiencies are and the shortcomings are the same, but the talent is worthy of being a first-round pick. Would Jordan Love go? 27th? I think they moved up like to 26th or 27th. But... 26th. You know and if Lev, I think the picture would paint be painted very differently if that's how Levis was being projected. That's where I struggle with this. Being a top five pick is wildly different from being the back end of a round one pick. And I sure. value Levis as an end of round one needs to sit quarterback. And he is not going to be drafted like that at all. At all. Mm, I think his timing seem like it. Yeah. The timing and accuracy is just not NFL ready. It's not. But there are so many good things to his game. But when you're going to be 24 going into your first training camp and the concerns list starts with timing and accuracy, I get scared. And I think it could be cleaned up. And then naturally it'll be cleaned up because his wide receivers dropped 15 passes in 2022 and he was pressured on 38% of his dropbacks. Rough. I mean, brutal. Yeah. So... Maybe I'm I'm low on Levis compared to a lot of people, but I just wish his picture was being painted differently and he's not going to be afforded that luxury. Where do you have uh where do you have Anton Harrison? Anton and Oh, you're way lower on him. Yeah, Anton ended up at 54. Damn, why? He's 20 for me. He really struggles to cover ground laterally and pass pro. And he's going to be a liability until he fixes that. And I get scared of, I think he's a left tackle. Mm-hmm. If that's his problem, it's going to come up in the NFL a lot against these quick twitch rushers. Mm. Uh, there's a lot to love about Anton Harrison. One, I thought he got so much better this year. He has excellent straight line speed. He got a lot stronger this year. I think he's built how you want to tackle built. Yep. So... To me, it was early, uh, mid, early day two ish because he was an offensive tackle, so he should go earlier. Yeah, I would like to not see him thrown into the fire, or if he is, you you know what the problem is, and mm-hmm. you're gonna have a running back kind of in pr- pass pro sometimes cheat to that, or have a tight end chip the outside so Harrison has a cheat on the inside. Like he's he's a good player, but he just he needs to desperately clean that up. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Lucas Van Ness because I believe uh, you had him at 32. Yeah. Uh, I had him at 21. So we yeah. see him a little differently. And well, here's the why we need to talk about it. Van Ness is probably going in the top 10 and I have him 21 and you have him 32. So yeah. there are like three tiers to how this is going right now. I have Van Ness at 32 and I have Tyree Wilson at 33. And I'm going to be honest, like I've been thought consistent I was, with that for a year though. I thought I was going to be lower on them than 32 and 33. Like okay. I, I thought they were going to be barely top 50 players for me, but okay. there's not a lot of players in this class that I would just put ahead of them. So I didn't want to like put them way down on the board just to make a statement. Cause that's not what my big board is about. So this is, this is where I found a home for them. And honestly, these are two guys that I could see why you believe in them. I think Van Ness has a really good speed to power profile. I think he's a really powerful dude. Who's going to give you a hundred percent. And that's, 
those yeah. are good skills. Has no idea what he's doing as a pass rusher outside of speed to power or a bull rush. That's about it. Like everything else, I think is really green for him. Him not starting at Iowa, I think is something that people are just brushing over. I mean, he's a former interior defensive lineman who lost some weight. Now he's trying to play on the edge. He's trying to be a little bit of a longer, more explosive edge rusher. And I maybe want, would have rather seen that athleticism on the interior. Like, I wonder what this dude would have been like if he would have stuck around on the interior defensive line. You put a little bit of extra weight on him. Maybe he's like a three technique, but he's just super explosive. He's great with power. He could really get into interior offensive lineman's chest. He could use his long arms like... I wonder if this dude would have been better as a three technique. Cause right now he just doesn't really know what he's doing outside of a power profile for an edge player. And he is really athletic for his size. I don't want to, again, he's, he's yeah. 32 on my board. It's not like he's 130. No, I no. Still think he's a good football player, but there's a lot of guys who can do speed to power that will come through over the next year or two throughout the draft. So that's not, that's not a super unique trait to me. And then for Tyree Wilson, it's kind of the same thing that you said. You know, you you talked about the highs of what he could be. Um, I I didn't see him explode off the snap super consistently. I didn't see him nearly as violent as other people are bragging him to be as consistently as I would have needed to see. He's long. He's tough to stay in front of. Um, when he hits you with a good pass rush move, oh, especially God. when he goes on the inside, it's pretty nasty. But yeah. This is a fifth-year player who was at Texas a now, I think, for a year and a half and then transferred over. Didn't really make a ton of noise until this past season, so I think it's taken a little bit for him to figure it out. And that's not the worst thing in the world. Some guys are just a little bit later bloomers, but it's something to consider. So No, it, it does matter, though. I, I think these two guys are good NFL players. But the way that we're talking about them right now, you mentioned Tyree Wilson going number two overall. You mentioned Lucas Van Ness going top 10, maybe like eight to the Falcons or something yeah, like that. That's the one I'm thinking. To me, that's too rich for these two dudes. I think you're betting, you're betting heavily on hitting their highs more consistently than they showed you they would in college, which is okay. It's what the NFL draft is about. But though that's those are the reasons why I'm I'm lower on them. I, I just I did not see yeah, this guy's for sure going to be good in the NFL as like a consistent starter. So you want to do 26 through 50? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. fire them off. I'll, I'll power read these, and then we'll we'll hop around much mm-hmm. more after you do yours. 26, John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota. 27, Will McDonald, the edge rusher from Iowa State. 28, Darnell Wright, tackle from Tennessee. 29, Cam Smith, the corner from South Carolina. 30, Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland. I, I like both of them a lot. I think they're going to be starting corners on the outside for a while. 31, Keon White, the edge from Georgia Tech. 32, Ooh. Osiris Torrance, guard from Florida. 33, Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU. 34, Trenton Simpson, athletic linebacker from Clemson. 35, my guy, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver mm-hmm. from Tennessee. 36, Zay Flowers, the wide receiver from Boston College. 37, Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah. I love his pass-catching floor. 38, Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. 39, Steve Avila, guard and center from TCU. 40, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee. 41, Matthew Bergeron, who I think will move to guard at the NFL from Syracuse. Mm -hmm. 42, Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Tennessee. 43, Brian Brzee, interior D-line Clemson. 44, Keely Ringo corner from georgia that might be suited better to play safety we'll see 45 tuli tui pelotu the edge from usc 46 keanu benton d tackle wisconsin 47 antonio johnson safety from texas a&m 48 dj turner the corner from michigan 
49, Clark Phillips, corner from Utah, and 50, Zach Charbonnet, running back, UCLA. Mm. All right, I'll I'll read off mine, and if there's any major differences, um, we get we we can hit it with a question from you, and we can talk about that. Twenty six, I got Matthew Bergeron, the interior offensive lineman who can also play offensive tackle from Syracuse. I think he's fantastic, man. I think this is one of the best football players in this class. I think he's going to oh, be yeah. a starter in the NFL, no matter where he ends up playing. I got Quentin Johnson from TCU, the wide receiver at twenty seven. Drew Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas. I do have him as linebacker one, just because of the upside of the pass rushing ability at number twenty eight. I think that was a revisit. I think I ended up swapping him and Jack Campbell. So I got Drew Sanders yeah. up there, 28. B.J. Ojolari, the edge rusher from LSU, 29. Emmanuel Forbes, the corner from Mississippi State at 30. Where did you have Forbes? Did you mention Forbes yet? No, we're going to talk about that one. I have right. Forbes, 59th. Okay. All right. Yeah, we, we can start there in a second. Zay Flowers from Boston College, wide receiver, 31. Lucas Van Ness and Tyree Wilson, 32-33. Josh Jones, the wide receiver from North Carolina, 34. Will McDonald, edge rusher, Iowa State at 35. Tyreek Stevenson, somebody that I really like in this class. Corner from Miami at 36. Felix, Felix on DK Uzama at 37. DJ Turner, the corner from Michigan at 8. Dewan Jones, the offensive tackle from Ohio State at 39. Brian Brzee from Clemson at 40. Steve Avila, the interior offensive line from TCU at 41. Mazzy Smith, the interior defensive line from Michigan at 42. Osiris Torrance, the interior offensive lineman from Florida at 43. Jertavius Martin from Illinois. At number 44, the safety slash nickel corner there. John Michael Schmitz, the interior offensive line from Minnesota at 45. Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois at 46. Sam Porter, the tight end from Iowa at 47. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC at 48. Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa at 49 is LB2. And then Keely Ringo, cornerback from Georgia at 50. Okay, so... I think you're going to be high man in the draft on Sidney Brown. There's nothing wrong with that. Just a, an observation. Good. Good football player. Insane football player. Wild man in the defense. Plays free I, safety, strong safety, linebacker, nickel corner. I really liked what I saw from him up close in Mobile, how he, he moves. He misses a lot of tackles, though. That's the problem. He does, uh, that, I think that's he why. Missed a, he misses a lot of tackles. You hone in on the tackles, and you've got a, you have got a heat-seeking player. Yeah, he's, I he's, like I like City those Brown, Brown brothers lot, are freaks athletically. Yeah. It's super, insane. super athletic, incredible high football, like football IQ. He he has the ability to play so many different spots. I get it. I'm probably going to be highest on on Sydney Brown, but so be it. Talk to me about Forbes, dude. Here's the thing. You and I had this conversation. We've had it on this very podcast. I wanted to put other corners above Forbes. I really did. He's just better. He mm. he is he is he is one of those guys where it's like <laughs> he is small, unprecedentedly small. We know Zero this. percentile weight. <laughs> if, if 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 you throw it at him, you know you're probably running through him. But he's a willing tackler. He's still trying to throw his body in there, and he's just so quick twitch. The recovery speed's unbelievable. He likes to get his arms on wide receivers, even though he can't be overly physical to reroute him. His recovery speed is fantastic. You go back and you watch a lot of those interceptions from this past year. We mentioned, yeah, sometimes it's right place, right time. Sometimes it's opportunistic. But I went and I, I went back and I watched a lot of the forced incompletions from him as well. And a lot of them are him making a play on the ball, him recovering, him playing it well in the air, him having great hand-eye coordination with the body turning. And I, it's just... I, I really do think that if he was 
180, 185 pounds, we'd be talking about this dude in the top 20. Now, he's not, right? We have no, to he's say, not even close. He's not. He's, he <laughs> he's is not, not close. that weight. I don't even know if he's going to be able to get up into the 170s in the NFL because I read that he came into Mississippi State like 165. So you're weighing so in this the is just what he's always you're been. weighing at the combine of 166. Bro, what college are doing meal here? plans give you 15 pounds by default. I know, man. Peanut butter sandwiches. End the yeah. night, every night with a peanut butter sandwich. Protein Come on. shake, PB&J. You will put on the weight. But he, uh, he just does so much of playing corner really, really well. And maybe the weight will flush him out of the league. Maybe he just will not be able to stand up. But for the talent that he has and how he plays the position. He's a multi-sport athlete going back to high school. Like this dude's just a natural. And I, I, I went back to his tape and I watched his tape a bunch over the last two weeks, because again, I wanted to have other corners above him. I wanted to be able to say, Nope, can't do it because of the weight. And I kept coming back to the fact that in this class, he's just a really good football player. And that stands out. So I wanted to ask you then on the mm-hmm. counter, Mm-hmm. Jordan Addison at 48 behind yeah. the likes of Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that, it's not like say he's wide receiver five for me. He's, he's five for five. you. Yeah, but that's pretty. That's pretty late for the Bilikinov winner. I. It's it's funny because it is it's 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 the same argument for that's Forbes, why I'm, right. He is and, small. He's very I, small, and I believe in. Forbes to kind of be able to hide the weight issues and I don't position. really believe it with Addison. That's totally I think fair. Addison I think Addison is too small and limited athletically sounds really harsh cuz I don't think he's like a bad athlete. He's just not the kind of athlete you would want for a player who is as small as he is. You would want a little bit more there. Like you would want speed, change of direction, explosiveness to all be major trump cards for him and they're fine for him but they're not major trump cards i don't think he is super polished as a receiver understands route running understands leverage loves to hit guys in the double move separation artist that stuff can play in the nfl i think if he can make up for the size concerns so i don't really believe he has the size to play on the outside which means he's just i think he's probably just a slot player so then how does he deal with contested catches consistently over the middle, getting hit, getting bumped? You know, like, is he going to be a yards after the catch guy? Is he going to go down too easily after first contact? Like, there's a lot of wide open spaces in Pittsburgh's offense the year before and USC's offense this past yeah, year. Now, he creates sure. some of that his own, but I'm skeptical, man. I think I'd be of the camp of I'd probably let someone else draft Jordan Addison for where he's probably going to be picked in this class. All right, so I think we should move to are 50 to 100 rankings and we're not going to read them um if you're listening to this show and mine are posted or and trevor's are posted Mm -hmm. and i'll try to get mine up or even earlier than wednesday uh it's really just a formatting thing it's not really doing the rankings but we'll jump around here and if you can pull them up now i want to look at yours really rather than sit here and be like oh it was so high oh yeah yeah yeah. that's probably that's probably a good way to do it yeah i mean I really like Jartavius Martin. You like him more, but he was just a steady riser for me throughout this entire thing. He ended yep. up 68th on my board. I feel like I'm... Where did you have Dion Henley? I should just F for this. But Yeah, where do I have Henley? Uh, uh, 67. Oh, okay. Where do you I have? feel like we're low on him. Yeah. I have 75th. 
Okay. I like Dion Henley. Yeah, we're in the same direction. But like small run and chase linebackers, I tr- traditionally don't, unless you're Trenton Simpson, who's insane, in my opinion. Okay, you have her. Okay, hold on. You have Wisconsin edge rusher Nick Herbig at 60. I have him at 76, so I don't have him that far behind. Yep. Where's he playing in the yeah, NFL? He, he falls into that, like, He's an off-ball linebacker, like a rush backer. Because I feel like I'm going to get burned again like I did with Zach Bond. I yeah, I know, and I have the same fear. And But I just watch him, and I love him. He's like a, the, He is a great pass rusher. The first step is college. phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. Knows what he's doing. Can attack either shoulder. 100%. But he is... Hold on. Let me sort this for I'm edge pro- rushers. For 50, edge rushers, yeah. he is 15th percentile in height. Third percentile in weight, second percentile in arm length. So he's not an edge rusher. You can't play this no, guy on the he's, edge. He's a stand-up linebacker. He's just it, a, he, he's that's going to be very specific for teams. But, but honestly, that, Trevor, I think what, he's, I think he's a good player. Zach, I do too. But that's what I try to do with Zach Bond. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a more polished rush, rusher than Bond. That's fair. I like think if I would you can rush the passer, you can play, and. That's what it kept coming back to with her big where I'm like, this dude took over some games. He took over some games. So if you, and you, listen, here's the part of the draft that you have to really crank down on. If Nick Herbig ends up, and I don't think this will happen, ends up being a pass rush specialist only, but he's a really good one. Sure. That'll probably be a top 75 player in this draft. Honestly, it's not a, the draft's kind of cheeks. Like, so I put him at 60 and I'm like, am I too high on him? And I'm like, I don't, maybe I will be, but I don't feel that like I can't justify him not being a top 75 player in this draft. Oh, we got, we got two major differences. Okay. Okay. The first one is you had Trent Simpson, I think at 34, right? Mm-hmm. I have him at 61. Okay. Sizable gap. I'm just, I'm kind of worried He's only like a former safety who happened to play linebacker in Clemson's really weird defense. I I, I hated everything about their usage of him. Thank you. Like <laughs> Thank I was you. like legitimately angry watching how he, they used him. This like year. clicking close, pursuit ability, sideline to sideline. He's got it for days. He's got the speed for you. Yep. But even like the traditional off-ball linebacker stuff, they 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 don't even ask him to do it. I don't think. They just let um, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., who's next to him, do a lot of the traditional linebacker stuff, and therefore Simpson can just kind of roam free in a lot of different ways. They could play him as an apex defender. They could play him as an edge guy. They could play him as a as an off ball linebacker. Like I, he's he is one who I had him in the sixties. I had him sixty one because I think he's a good player and he's a got a great background. And you stick around and leave for a while, but like I, I firmly had him as as a second round pick because I can't have him higher than that. He might burn me like Darren Lee again, but mm-hmm. Jets great, Jets, Jets great. Legend. But he Twitter legend, Twitter yeah, real Twitter legend. Jesus, I think Simpson is tougher, thicker, and faster. All right, like, so I'm like. Even you look at Simpson, right? I I think you can kind of put him in that third down stand up, scream off the edge roll, like run as fast as you can, and you'll wreak havoc. So, 
I just didn't, I didn't think Clemson was creative enough with him. And I'm a big projection swing from me. No denying that. Um, somebody I, I should probably bring up, you know, who I really love in this 51 to hundred range. And he's uh -huh. at 84 for me, Kobe Turner, the D line from wake forest. Oh, do I have Kobe I, Turner higher than you? I thought I've, I've 79. <laughs> there you go. I just thought he had phenomenal film, like phenomenal. Film. He is, uh, he is day two Kalijah Kansi. If Kalijah Kansi doesn't go on day two. Yeah. This guy didn't even get invited to the combine. Stupid. Stupid. What, what are we doing? Stupid. I don't I don't know what he would have had to do to get invited to the combine. Shrine guy, great season. I don't I didn't get it. I, I watch him and I'm like, am I just like way off here? I'm putting him at 84. So to hear you have him five yeah. spots ahead of that is it's a good cross check. Where did me. you where'd you have um Jalen Hyatt? 40th i think in the grand scheme of things oh did 40th. you have him that high yeah 40th oh yeah you got a 40th i have jalen hyatt 81st wow yeah you're you're out i think he's a one-trick pony he is but it works it worked at tennessee where do you know. have where do you have clark phillips this uh, one hurt pretty, this one, I, I was pretty this hurt me this 49th hurt. and i i thought about dropping him further and i i sat there took a deep breath and was like don't move that far away from the film i have him i have him 82 and, and I, I get it i might hate myself for it i kept uh, thinking that I he's remember. small and he's not a great athlete like usually if that's the case for you i am out i know every time. i know but i I, know. I feel like this is like one of my children going back to last summer I know he's a dog, dude. He he's is a, a dog. I like dog. him. He's got I, instincts. He's got instincts that make up for him being an average at best athlete. There's one game specifically. I can't remember which game I watched, but he actually predominantly plays in the slot in this in in the game that I watched, and he looked incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, he, he that's the problem. Like he looks like on the inside. So. The Bucks drafted MJ Stewart. Let me actually, uh, this this is, now I'm saying this out loud. I remember MJ. So Senior MJ Stewart from North Carolina was. I thought he was a safety. 5'10 and a half, 200 pounds, 31 and one fourth arm length, and a 5'4, five, 5'4, five, 40 yard dash. Not good athletic scores in the broad jump or vertical jump. Didn't have good cone drills either. He reminds me of Clark Phillips because the Bucks drafted MJ Stewart and tried to play him at nickel corner. And he straight up just wasn't good enough of an athlete. He just couldn't keep up. He couldn't turn the hips fast enough. He didn't have the recovery speed and he didn't have the arm length to affect the catch point for the variety of different receivers that, that teams put in the slot. I'm super worried that Phillips's arm length, because it's like first, second or third. Oh, it's, it's, I can't remember yeah, what it is. It's yeah, like 20 out there. I'm worried that the arm length is going to not let him play on the outside. Teams are going to say he's only a slot player. And then his athleticism isn't good enough to survive in the slot. I'm super worried about that. That's why I had I, I dropped him all the way to the 80s, and it hurt me to do so because I love yeah. the football player. 
but I can just, I can too easily see a way where he gets washed out into a non-contributing role. You almost need him to be DJ Reed, and that's a big outlier. And I'm betting on it. Like D- on? DJ ran a four five one at five nine one eighty eight, and yeah, DJ's DJ, got longer yeah, arms. DJ's There's got no long arms. No denying that he's got longer arms, but DJ's just this weird five nine player that is so good on the outside, and cl- like pound for pound strength. And this doesn't surprise me that Clark Phillips had eighteen reps on the bench. He's like a muscle hamster, Clark Phillips. He like he doesn't really give a shit that he's 5'9", 184. He's strong as hell. I it's definitely one that we're gonna revisit. I I couldn't let it go. Yeah. I had to keep him in the top 50, even if it was at 49. I some dudes you just you kind of take your dice and you go, you know what? I just believe in you because you play a different way out there that if you're at least passing thresholds, now arm length, he doesn't pass the threshold, but speed, he does. He didn't run like a four, six, right? Then it's, no, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take that. You really, and me and you always emphasize this on the podcast. You pick your spots. Like, am I going to have 10 Clark Phillips in the top 50? Mm-hmm. Hell no. I got right. him. I don't even really know how many outliers I really had. I mean, of course, Bryce, but everybody thinks Bryce is an outlier. So that's not really that bold. Uh, I don't know. It might be outliers. You had it up top. I mean, not many. Not many. Honestly, no, no. not many at all. Coward, because they're outliers for a reason. Safe, safe ass big board out here. <laughs> the safe, the safest. Um, all right, you wrapped had, big board. <laughs> you had Siaki get eighty three. Uh, disappointing. Had, that I one him, I let go. I had him. I had him at ninety two. Yeah, we let that one go. Summer um, fave. You had. Roshan Johnson, running back from Texas at 81. I think I had him 94, so sort of the same area. I think sure. he's like a third-round pick. Definitely somebody I think you should draft in the third round. Where'd you have Jonathan Mingo? Uh, a lot 73. higher. A 73. lot higher at the end. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched him, and, and I, I think... So yeah, you you liked Mingo a lot more than I did when we were going through the wide receiver rankings. I changed a few, by the way. Like on the back end, I was a little higher on Jaden Reed than I was on the show. Xavier Hutchinson a yeah, little oh, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing crazy, but yeah, yeah same, f- same. Final final was in quotation marks. So I went there back and watched Jonathan Mingo because some people reached out to me and they're like, "Dude, you're like you're being too hard on the drop passes." Because I was like, I and if you guys remember my conversation about Mingo? I was like, "Man, I like a lot about his game. I think he's a well-rounded athlete. I think he moves really well for his size." Um, I think give yards after the catch. Like, I think he is a pretty all around wide receiver. I was just worried about catching. And people were like, dude, you're you're overblowing the drop passes. And went back and I watched a couple more games. And I'm like, you know, this guy's kind of legit. Like, this guy is this guy's pretty dang good. So I, I ended up putting him in the 70s. Um oh, uh, what did I what did I who did I want to bring up? You've got um Israel Abanaconda at the running back from Pittsburgh at 70. Yeah. I got him 105. Okay. So I got him outside of the top 100. There's one what dude just dude could freaking run. All like right. He just he just flies. He can, he can run like the wind. All right. I don't think the offense had any interest in involving him in the pass game. I don't think he's a good pass protector. But in the NFL, if you just find those outlet throws to him and get him in space, he could just run like the wind. And he glides. I think if you get him in a real outside zone scheme in a class that didn't really have skill talent that you're, you know, makes you jump out of your skin. I I was comfortable with him at that range of the third round. All right. Okay. 
that sounds good. Uh, anybody else you want to bring up, or you want to go? We might have one more here. I got to do a little search. You had Derek Hall a lot higher than I did. And I was, you know, I I wanted to put Derek Hall a lot higher on my list. You had him 58. I had him like in the 90s, man. I have one guy in my top 100 that you don't have in your top 150. Oh, who? Um, Anthony Bradford. Oh, I have him in my top 75. The guard from LSU. This dude, man, like, yeah, he's got a ways to go and pass, bro. I yeah. know it. I, I think I just thought he was a uh, regular offensive guard. I think he's right outside my top 150, if that makes you I thought he just just played a different Mauler's way than a lot All of right. dudes in this class. Like he right. really he he's he's a big tractor trailer out in front in the SEC. But, you know, he's got a ways to go and pass, bro. And that's probably why he, he will fall a little bit. So I had Derek Hall. 93 you had him 58 i wanted Derek hall to be a lot higher because i actually i i i I like a lot of the singular snaps i've seen from him there are some individual reps where i go man this guy could really rush the passer yep problem is he's just constantly searching for contact like he he just he it's almost it's almost like he wants to make contact with people first and then hit a pass rush move it's like no no no, hit the pass rush move before you make the contact and he just he he consistently attacks the full man instead of the half man right instead of attacking the outside shoulder or the inside shoulder trying to get the offensive tackle turned around one way or the other because you're putting all your weight on one side he's like putting his weight like into people completely and then he's trying to rip move or then he's trying to club and swim or i I just in order for him to actually be the pass rusher that i want him to be he's got to utilize not making contact before he has a pass rush move it feels like that's a little nitpicky for me no i get it I don't know if he's ever going to be okay with that not being his style. Maybe he just loves contact. Maybe he's just like a wants to be a speed to power guy at all times. Sometimes I mean, it's so that. funny hearing you say this, all of those things, and you look at his body. Isn't it so funny how schools do this sometimes? Everything you said is Carl Lawson. Everything you said. Oh. Like under six foot three, mm. just so much muscle packed into this body there's it's muscles true. on muscles yeah straight line jack. explosiveness he's so explosive that he just wants he he wants in the out of the fight like he's like i'm not trying to go around you i'm trying to go through you and i get it i don't think Derek call is carl lawson but i i it's just funny how that happens uh anybody else we're we moving on i think we're moving on okay all right 150 to 100 see anybody yeah i guess i gotta scroll down to yours so here's one that i struggled with because i really like him and i see you really like him i had him at 176 because i just can't wrap my head around his size and that's keaton mitchell Uh, mm, oh it's just tough to play running back in the nfl when you're 179 but he can run like the wind i get that yeah but he's good like, is he just a gadget guy at that size? Probably, but... Okay. I mean, but like, like you're not, like, in love with him. You have him at 102. It's yeah. just like... Dude, if you're drafting Keaton Mitchell in the fourth round, you're feeling... You're, you're, I think yeah, you're loving Yeah, he's your change of pace. Yeah, yeah, I think you're loving it. I think you're cool with it. You Deuce and I Vaughn, are... 112. Yeah, what do you have him at? I don't know if... Deuce, where do I have Deuce right now? Hold on. Deuce is 230 for me. 
no i can't do it can't do it he's too good he he's too good at the game football he's your clark phillips sure he's He's five foot five 179 pounds and he ran a hold on what did he run not good (laughs) not not i had to let him go i had to let it broke my heart i had to let he didn't run at the combine he did a pro day run, which is even worse. He ran a four, five, six. I mean, he's five foot five. So and his three sure. cone was seven, one. I just can't. I just, you know what? I hope he's great. I, I do too. You, yeah, you do. I, I let that one go. It, 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 hurt. Oh, it hurt. You have Corey Trice, the Purdue corner at 124. I have okay. a minute. I am at 62. Okay, You're, I'm way higher on him than you, you are, and I, I thought I liked him. I guess not. <laughs> it's funny how like you see someone else's board and you're like, oh, you know what it is with Trice? There's a lot of projecting there because he tore the ACL in 2021. Right. He came back, I think, late this year. Yep. He's got a lot. Of, I wrote him up actually already, like in full for the Badlands Guide. What did I say about Trice? You know what? Something um, else I noticed about him is is when I was reading Dane Brugler's draft guide, which everybody should go get over at the Athletic. A little nugget that I didn't realize or didn't think about is Corey Trice was wearing a knee brace because of the torn ACL when he came oh, back yeah. to play, and Dane noted, which I'm sure he got this from coaches, that he injured his groin while because he had the knee brace because it was it was just like a different type of stress on his legs so he was also playing this past year not only coming off of an acl injury but also injured his groin so if you think okay a year out from that the groin's going to be good to go hopefully he's got more confidence in the knee you go back a couple of years ago and this dude was playing really really good football before he got hurt and i think he played good football last year too so i love the size speed size is combination yes and I'm, i'm betting on it i'm betting on it yeah, Trice just got buried in a really good corner class for me. He's corner 16. He's in the top 150. Uh, I thought he struggled to locate the ball a lot, but he's so long and fast that it didn't hurt him as much as it should. I, I think I liked that version of the player better in Terrell Smith, honestly. Oh, okay. Like, like that length I watched Terrell Smith. That length and speed. You, you should try to sneak him in this okay. week if you can. All right. Yeah, I, I was shocked by Terrell Smith because... His first couple of years there as a starter, he really was not great. And you watch him this year and you're like, he just figured it all out. He's mm. comfortable in phase. He's long. He's fast. I liked Brent's better than Trice. You know, who I, re- I I don't know why nobody likes him. And I, I'm trying to see where you have him right now. Okay, so you do. What a, why does what? nobody like Riley Moss? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> what, I, what do people want from him? He tested really good. He played... <laughs> right. Excellent football in college. Yeah. He's a legitimate cornerback. I got him at one, uh, 139. Yeah. That's fine. I think he's an off-coverage only corner. 90% of the league feels like they are these days. Like, okay. I don't know, man. He's a good, he's a really good player. Right, and like he, he's got a little, he's got a little something to him. Like some of the corners that I would put in the got a little something to him in this class. Witherspoon, Clark Phillips, Riley Moss. I need five on the graphic. Got a little something to him. Uh, maybe Trey Hodges Tomlinson just because he's so small and feisty. He does have a little something to him. He's yeah. got a little something to him. 
I mean, I think he's too small, but he's he, he does is, have a list. He is, he he is does have a very list. tiny. I don't have my fifth for that list yet. Maybe Makai Blackman. He's got a little something to him. But, yeah, I liked Riley Moss, for, considering nobody really seems to even be taking him seriously. Um, so I was glad to see you had him in the top 150. I want to look through more of your list here. I'm just out on Keishon Boutte, and if it if it bites me, it bites me. Same. I just I'm done, Same. dude. I'm yeah. done. Like um, there's not. Where did I have him? Uh, he just made it for you. Just yeah, made and, it. and I I probably I think watched. I probably watched like 175 players. If I'm being honest, maybe it's yeah, closer yeah. to 200. I can't remember what the number ended up being, but I, yeah, I will let someone else draft Keishon. Boutte. Yep, 192 for me. Um, I should probably look into if you liked any of the actual quarterbacks in this class outside of the guys, we always Hainer's 133 for me. Yeah. Hainer, Hainer, Hainer's. Okay. So we're, we're in on the same exact two Hainer and DTR. Yeah. They're right. In, they're right there. I have McKee and Aiden O'Connell a little bit ahead of them, but okay. Same McKee for me. I had just sneaking into the top one. He's 99th for me. Uh, McKee's 110 for me. I had Hainer 144. I had DTR 123. Okay. I like Hainer more than DTR, but... I, I thought both of them were like, oh, these guys will be backups for a long time. Yeah, I think so, too. They they really will. I had Hendon Hooker 68. Okay. I think I had, him? I had him in the 40s. Okay. Oh, speaking of, I had um, Nick Saldaveri, the interior offensive line from Old Dominion. I got him at 69. Okay, he, you really like him. I just I think had Saldaveri 120. I just think he's I don't a good know. offensive lineman, man. I actually I, think he's a tackle. I, I see some people talking about him not playing tackle. I evaluated him as a tackle. I can, I can, I can see him being either. I can really see him Which being an great. interior guy or a because, and I guess the reason why I'm so much higher on him, even after the offensive line episode that we did, is I just think he's a damn good offensive lineman. And people are probably tired of hearing me say that, but like there are some guys who you just watch them play and they get it. They're comfortable with the hand fighting. They're comfortable with other dudes like getting into their chest and they don't yeah. panic. They don't freak out about it. They don't have temper tantrums. They're not over aggressive. Like they just, they're smooth. They get it. They know what they're there to do. They're, they're not afraid to be the big boys out there. And, and sell the very, to me, feels like a guy who's very comfortable being an offensive player. And I think that that goes a long way. I really do. I, I heard rave reviews about him from coaches that got to interview him. They were like old dominion kid, like two thumbs up. Love it. Just awesome dude. That'll that'll figure it out. Um Ooh, same with know. Olu. Olu with Timmy heard such great things about him. Yeah, Not surprised I just, there. I just don't know if he's I just don't know if he's got the quickness. That's the one thing with him where you're like, man, I wish he moved just a little better. Yeah. For a center. Yeah. He didn't test well. Um, but you were way higher on Luke Whipler, by the way, than I am. Yeah, I like I like Whipler a lot. I really do. Whipler is another guy who I just don't know if he's athletic enough to survive in the league. He's super smart. I, totally I th gets it. Maybe he's so smart that I thought he moved better than he actually does. Like, I always found him in the right place. Uh, I think that's anticipation. I got, some I, I got some athleticism questions with him, but that's why he's... Where'd he end up being for me? 107? I think it was in the 50s for you? Um, yeah, he's up there. I liked him better than Tippmann. Not by much but a little mm -hmm. better than Titman. If you can't tell by listening to this, we yeah. both did not like the safety class at all. At all. Yeah, obviously, I liked uh, Jartavius Martin and Sidney Brown. They're both in my top 20, or sorry, not top 20, top 50. I got Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M at 66. I got Jordan Battle at 87. 
I got Jamie Robinson at 103, Jair Brown at 123. Chris he disappointed Smith. me, by the way. Same. Like we we were tweeted about him a lot during the season, and I get it. He made some nice plays. Yeah, his bad plays are like you you can't have him out there. The yeah. angles. Yeah, the you got to think about like the word safety. Yes, you you are you are literally the you are the safety blanket essentially. You are mm-hmm. the last line of defense. You've got to be as rock solid as it as it as it comes. And I just I don't think I don't think Brown is very consistent. I also don't get jl skinner couldn't tell you he's he's a linebacker that isn't physical he i had him 113 and i know he's been much higher than that for people i got him, I, I him 130 yeah i don't blame you i don't i don't think he could turn a run with slot players and receivers no he needs to if cover he, tight ends that's it yeah but not in you know space. What, you know what i liked about him though best Wearing J- number zero. JL per him, JL doesn't stand for anything. What? I, that's what I found when I was researching him. It doesn't. I think it, it was on the Boise State page. It's just Some, JL. Yeah. So is it Joel? Let's see. Even his Wikipedia just says JL Skinner. You know, guys always have their full names. Right. I could have swore I found this on Boise State's page, or like a Boise State like write up. I might have it, to move him up then. She's bold enough to have two letters as your first name. He's like, I'm JL, and that's what you're going to call me. And wow, figure it out. <laughs> Respect. I kind of want to, I wish I had the cajones to do that. I, I really had Rasheed Rice in 97 or 96. You had him a lot lower. I think you had him like 120 something. Yeah. I just don't know if his play style is going 137. to 137. Yeah. No, I mean, you heard my rant on the wide receiver yes. episode. I'm, I'm, he has to completely rebrand who he is as a wide yes, receiver. Yeah, he needs now to re- he rebrand. Now, if he does, I think that could yeah. work in the league. Can't be a contested catch wide receiver at six feet tall the way that he is. It's tough. It won't One, he's not that he's not that fast. Just just be an after the catch guy. I'm looking he through the rest it. of yours, you know, a player that I thought I wouldn't like, and I I guess I I did like him more than I thought is Jaquelin Roy. I see you have him at 143. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't like love him. I had him 90, 95. 95. To his credit, he gets held so much and never gets a freaking call. And I'm like, that's on man, him. That's on him. You got to sell it, brother. It is. You got to sell it. Like just fall and flail and scream. Uh, but no, I mean, he plays hard. He, he's not really an overly gifted guy in terms of. You know, I want to see what he actually uh, like. I didn't think he was this like great athlete, but he plays so. Di- yeah, his three cone was an eight oh one, which is just horrific. But straight line power and effort, and having that big body in there thrown around in the trenches, like he, I, I was like, okay, he's actually he's a useful rotational defensive lineman in a class that it's like you're just screaming to find one. All right, that's fun. There it is. This could be a 14 hour show. We, no, we really could. packaging a big board show is the hard, like always the hardest thing we do. Cause Listen, what, do you, what are you gonna do? Right. You guys, you guys got takes. We know you do. Hit us up in the YouTube comments, youtube.com backslash at NFL stock exchange. You could give us our takes or your takes on our takes, where our players are ranked with the ones that we talked about on this podcast and the ones that we didn't. If you're like, Hey, you guys didn't mention this guy. Where do you got him ranked? Here's what I think about him. 
We'll try to respond to a lot of you guys. I'll try to be in the comments as much as I can over the next couple of days because um, I know that that would be fun for you guys and fun for us to be able to go back and forth and talk about where we've got players ranked. So hit up a sub in the YouTube comment section. If you are audio only, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J. Rogers. Um, rest of the week, we have a rumors episode that I'm hoping we get to release. Um, although travel plans might get in the way of that. We'll see. We will have a yeah, final fly, flying's fun right now, isn't it? For anybody Lord. that doesn't know out there, flying is uh, it's really just unbelievable at this it's point how dreadful it's a zoo. It's become. We will have a final mock draft episode. We oh, will have a final predictive mock draft episode at the very least. We will also have a night one recap on Thursday night slash early Friday morning, whatever you want to call it, which we will release to you guys as soon as we possibly can. And then you won't hear from us until Sunday when we do a 32-team grades for the entire NFL draft. A lot of you guys have also been asking, like, hey, what are the draft plans with the podcast? Are you guys streaming live? Yes. No. Well, we're not We're not, We're not. not streaming live. I will be on the desk for PFS yeah, show Thursday night, Friday night, and then Saturday all the way throughout day three. We'll also be doing a recap show as well from Cincinnati. So we'll have four shows for you guys over on PFF's YouTube channel. So that's where I'm going to be throughout the draft. Connor, you are on a desk for night one and two. What are you doing? Yeah, night one, definitely. I'm. We are out of the NBC studio, our happy hour set um, that we use every week. We will be mm-hmm. taping reactions and releasing them like on the okay, like, right nice. away to nice. the picks. Um, and then we will be doing the same thing for days two and three, probably picking our spots. Uh, um, although not always from there. I think I might be doing it from here. And then I'll also do a lot of SMYs coverage Thursday. Obviously, I will be at NBC, so I will be taping into their show Thursday. Sunday night, I will, as we always do, the dra- the Jets draft recap hour-long special in studio for SMYs. So that... My my four days in a row are a little all over the place, but it'll be a lot of content that um, is on demand, I would call it more so, than you needing to be present live. So go watch Trevor, please. Have that live stream going. It'll be awesome. Um, and obviously, just if you follow both of us, you won't miss anything throughout the couple of days. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure that you guys... Uh, um, yeah, we've got a lot of questions the- about that, and we... Like we've been seeing them and wanted to answer. It's just like you never like you want to make sure plans are finalized. Right, right, right. So that was my way of trying to get that out to the masses in uh, in one single swoop. So all you guys could hear it there. Uh, If you guys don't have a PFF subscription, you can do so right now by going over to PFF.com and you get 40 percent off a yearly subscription. If you use the promo code draft 40, that's D-R-A-F-T. Four zero, and that'll get you forty percent off. That's a fantastic deal, almost half off, folks. That's how math works. And so, you, you know, you get the draft guy, you get all the rankings, you get all the unlocked stats, everything. If you get the subscription, so if you don't have one, now is a fantastic time to do it. Draft D R A F T four zero. That's the promo code. That's the best way to do it. Connor, got anything else before we get out of here? No, I mean we'll be talking to the people at least one more time. We before the draft, we'll figure mm-hmm. it out with our final predictive mock. I know you and I are just releasing written content left and right the podcast will never stop um so we're excited to kind of put a bow on this thing and i won't go there yet but you know it's gonna be a time come in may where we're we're starting over again brother Mm -hmm. we really it's crazy but we're gonna be 
We're not that far away from it. Summer scouting is going to be right around the corner, but we have a full draft to watch unfold and analyze before then. I'm very excited for it. Everybody, welcome to Draft Week. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time.